Good morning. Welcome to Exploring Economic Development with MEDC, episode 34. Today, we do not have a special guest, but we have a lot of special guests, which is you, our viewers that have asked <laughs> us a whole bunch of questions. And we're really excited to engage with everybody, talk about what's going on. And you asked us pretty much anything. So Jill, are we prepared to answer just about everything? Of course. Of course. That's right. That's what we're here for. We're here. To answer all the questions. It's been a long time that we've been just you and I here in the show. I'm excited about today's episode. This one's really fun because it's questions from people that, I, what were we calling them? Our fans? We have fans? Yes. Our followers. <laughs> our economic development fans. 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 Yes. Mm -hmm. MEDC fans. MEDC fans. So part of the reason why I think we were wanting to do this episode is because we've been producing this show now for over two years. We've had a number of guests and um, actually we've we first- a lot of great guests. A lot of great guests. We have a lot of great guests. And I feel like as, as the producer and co-host, I feel like I've learned so much over the past few years, obviously working with the MEDC, learning about Marlboro and learn, well, I know I, I mean. Marlboro resident here, fan for life, Panthers eat hawk meat. Um, <laughs> but learning so much about economic development, the importance of it, so many different things I didn't know were happening in yeah. our awesome city. Yeah. So it's been really good. But sometimes people can't watch the entire episode right. all the time. Or join us live. Right. So. so what's good is that we are streaming to Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and WMCT TV's cable access channel public right. cable access channel so we're excited about that and you can of course watch all these episodes on the replay but this episode is dedicated to answering questions from residents from people people were emailing us questions yeah, we got a lot of great questions yep and um and on facebook too we had some great comments there so we wanted to make sure we took some time and review anything that they right. want us to go over and if you missed the last episode which would have been episode 33 yep we talked to um, Dr. Dan Riley from Marlboro High School and Connie Askin from Big Brothers Big Sisters talked about the Maisie program, which was a really interesting, exciting conversation, but yeah. another way for our business community to get involved with our schools and just a really great program. So if you missed that episode and you're interested in becoming a mentor, check it out. Definitely. Yeah. So without further ado, without further ado, well, I want to make sure. So if you are watching us live, you can comment and we'll be able to see that potentially integrate any questions that you might have into the show. So I want to say hi. And actually, I do want to give a quick immediate shout out to WMCT TV. Oh, man. So we had a we had an audio issue right before we went live, which is about well, three or four minutes ago. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not at all still sweaty and red faced from that. But um, just shout out to Ryan and his team at WMCT TV because they were able to quickly give us a different audio interface. So thank you. Thank you very much. Also, they've done such a great job. So much growth over the last few years. I mean, I first started working with them right. in the middle of the pandemic and they were like, all right, we're going to lean into it. We're going to live stream all of these games, graduations, important ceremonies. So they've done a great job and we really appreciate you. So we've also got some people joining us. Tony B with the awesome Boston Red Sox logo. Good morning. Hello. How are you? And our biggest fan. Our biggest fan. I would say he's not just a viewer, but a fan. Not just a viewer, but a fan. But a fan. Yeah. President Austin, how Thanks are you? Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. And anyone else? Uh, Luis DaCosta. Thank you. Great job as always. Thank you for joining us. And so as we're going to pop up some of the questions that were sent in earlier this week. You can also chime in if you've got different questions. We'll do our best to answer whatever whatever's Comes our going way. Yeah. Absolutely. So you want to jump into some yeah, of the let's questions? Jump in. We had some really good ones on both Facebook, LinkedIn, um, some of the questions that were emailed. So thank you everybody that um, sent in questions. We'll do our best to answer them and 
Um, if you have follow-up questions, you know where to find us. Make sure that you, you know, give us a call, send us an email. Or <laughs> Now, wait. <laughs> Meredith right now is quoting from our bi-monthly newsletter, video newsletter, City Happenings, which just dropped. Just released yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Monday? Monday? Tuesday? What day is it? One of those days. Who knows? Yep. Um, and Meredith has these great lines that she always does and around the office. We'll... <laughs> you know, whether you're a resident, a small business owner. So we like to quote that a lot because we've just been doing that for... That's right. Three years almost? Three years. That's yeah. right. All right. So we've got... Um, what we got? What's the first one? I'm just going to jump right into it. These are in no particular order. Okay. Um, so... And I just want to say too, I have paperwork with me today yes. because we did some research on some of these questions. They were really good questions. Um, some of them were tough questions. We're mm. going to answer them all, but so let's go for it. All right. So we've got one of our first questions is what's the MADC's role in hospitality? That's a great question. Yeah. And it's, it's something that I don't think people necessarily know that we even have our hands in that. That's something that we we are involved with, but we have a really robust, um, it's called a, a hospitality program at MEDC, but we're talking about kind of hotels, restaurants, but also kind of sports tourism. Mm -hmm. So as, as you know, and as many folks in Marlboro know, we have, um, the, largest number of hotel rooms outside of greater Boston. Yeah. So Marlboro is kind of a hotel Mecca, which is really kind of cool for Metro West area in, in, in Massachusetts alone. Um, but really what supports the hotel industry in Marlboro is both the sports center, but also the corporate business. So you have people that are flying in from all over the country to go to different corporate things throughout the week. Yeah. And we always kind of joke around, we call it heads in beds in Marlboro is trying to always get heads in beds. So the corporate folks have their heads in the beds during the week. And then on the weekends, <laughs> Thursday kind of to Monday, depending on the tournament, the sports center really accounts for a large number of those rooms. Yeah. A cool fact, the sports center accounts for about 43,000 room nights a year. Those are not all in Marlboro. You mm. know, that's the num total number of room nights that they're accounting for for all of their tournaments. But that's a huge number. Yeah. It's a huge number. Um, so we really try to play an active role in making sure that both our hotel industry our tourism industry, our corporate folks are all talking to each other. So one of the things recently that came up was post-COVID, a lot of new faces in the hotel industry, new faces over at the Sports Center, um, which was sad. Wes was at the Sports Center for many, many years. For anybody that's familiar in Marlboro with the Sports Center, Wes was there for I don't even know how long, but he was born and, born and raised in Marlboro, phenomenal figure that was able to really help work with the hotels, that kind of thing. Mm. Wes is gone. Mm -hmm. So we have new faces over there and we have new faces at the hotels. Pre-COVID, there was a lot of things going on in terms of a calendar. And when tournaments were coming in, we were able to really make sure that everybody was on the same page and talking to each other. Yeah. That had kind of fallen off. Yeah. So during COVID, everybody switches over. There's new people. No one's getting together. So we have really tried to take an active role over the last, I would say, maybe two months of when now people are, are back, travels mm. back, corporate travels back, the tournaments are back. Yeah. How do we make sure that all those people are talking to each other once again so that there isn't this headbutt? When when there is tournaments that are coming to Marlboro, we want those people staying in Marlboro. We want them to stay in our hotels. We want them to go out to eat in our restaurants. We want them spending their money here in Marlboro. So we've stepped in um, as an organization with Lindsay Jowrick heading the hospitality program here at MEDC to try and rebuild those relationships. Yeah. We've got a calendar that we put out to the hotels and to the sports center and to the entertainment folks, anybody, the trade center, what do you have going on? When is it? So that together as a community, we can look at the entire calendar for the year and say, okay, here's the sold out weekends. This is when everybody in the restaurants needs to be ready to go on their A game because you're going to have a whole bunch of people right. in your in your restaurant. coming. I can to eat. only imagine some of our local restaurants like not 
if they don't know. Yeah. And then they're not prepared. And then being bombarded and and maybe just having that extra staff there. Absolutely. And that all, again, we talk about this all the time, Richard, it's Richard Tominek's thing. It's the brand of Marlboro. Mm. So when a, a kid is coming to play at a hockey tournament, you know, they don't necessarily remember who won the game, but they remember their experience yeah. in Marlboro. And all of those things play play into it. All of that makes the experience what it is. And so we all try to work together to make sure that the experience of Marlboro is a good one. Yeah. So with with hotels, I mean, are in terms of no, them all knowing just to be prepared, but also maybe they adjust their rates at different times sure. just to make sure. Okay. Yeah, they can do those different things, but also we can look at what are the what are the weekends that we don't have a lot going on. Yeah. So then we, as a team at MEDC, we go out to different trade shows, different things to try and attract, you know, business for those weekends to try and make sure that the hotels are getting enough business year round. So for someone that maybe is a little nervous about um, traffic or wanting to kind of keep things quiet in the city and and they might not be totally thrilled about all of the hotels, what can we say to them in terms of like, why this is all the hidden perks on this? Well, I mean, the sport, again, it goes back to revenue that's coming into the city, right? So people, you have a million visitors a year to the sports center. First of all, the sports center is over tucked away on Donald Lynch Boulevard. Absolutely. And, you know, there is a little bit of traffic. I do live on a street that's a cut through that goes to the sports (laughs) center. So there is traffic. We see sometimes some of the Patriot Ambulance folks going down there and things like that. But it's exciting. Yeah. It's really exciting. When there's a really cool tournament going on, you can go into the sports center and it's, it is bustling. People are happy. Things are happening, but it feeds our economy. Absolutely. It directly feeds our economy because all of those people that are coming in to watch the games, they need to eat. They need to stay somewhere. They need gas. They yeah. need they need all types of different things when they're here. And that's supporting our local economy. And so it's helping our it's helping those small business owners. Absolutely. And then if we can just tie in that that part about the small tax bills that e- that's on our food and dining and where that goes and how that improves Marlboro as well. Good, good plug, Jill. Good huh? plug. You learned I'm that. Learning, you? Guys, I'm learning so much about economic development. <laughs> yeah. So uh, another fact that I don't think a lot of people know or, or just don't remember, but when anytime you eat out in Marlboro, mm-hmm. there's a portion of, there's a small little teeny tiny tax that yeah. you don't even really realize, but that money goes right into the parks and fields in Marlboro. Yeah. So the turf fields, all those really cool things that you're seeing, that money goes right back into our, our fields, Absolutely. Parks, which is cool. Right. And then another thing I just want to say, there's so many things we could talk about in terms of hospitality, but we we run both a um, a monthly hotel group and then a quarterly restaurant group. Again, it's all Lindsay. She is everything. Visit Marlboro, restaurants, hotels, all that kind of good stuff. Um, but we have trainings for all of our uh, employees and any of our hospitality employees, you know, whether that's serve safe, the CPR classes, yeah. we pay for all of the Marlboro employees to have all of those certifications. So I remember being a waitress at the Piccadilly ages ago. I was Piccadilly say, Pub. Jill, you really just dated yourself. I know it's true, but okay. man, best fish and chips. Anyway, really? Yeah, it was so good. Um, actually, it's still good over there. Um, anyway, when I worked <laughs> there, I remember needing to pay. Yes. I drove out to Worcester and I had to do one of those classes and like I was paying that as an employee. So that's a small a hidden benefit. perk. Yep. And CPR yeah. and, and as well. Yep. 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 All those classes. I mean, it just, it's a way for us to give back to that industry. I mean, they, they're a huge driver of revenue to the community. Yeah. I mean, the, that parks and fields, you know, um, pot, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then MEDC is funded through the local hotel tax. So, you know, certainly part of when we were created, it was we're going to do this, but we're going to have a portion of our mission to help support those initiatives. Absolutely. So it's all going right back yeah, it's into cool. the city and improving our city. All right. Did we want to, um, so I think Lindsay was reminding us of um, 
Oh, she linked. Okay, so if you're watching on YouTube, um, Lindsay dropped the link to our um, our sports inside tourism. the industry sports tourism. Now I do have a clip. Do we want to show that clip? Sure. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to show a quick clip of when we had um, some special guests. So the video will explain itself. What a thrill factor for the families again that are traveling for these. It's not just about the players. It's it's about everyone that they bring with them and the commitment they make together. Yeah, for sure. So turn that back to economic development, right? Okay. And so and why it's so important. So that hundred teams, or a hundred junior Bruins teams or whatever, represent two or three people per player. So a hundred teams is sixteen hundred players. Sixteen hundred players with two or three or four people per room per per because they're all from out of town generally speaking now you're talking about um eight thousand people it's a lot for the t for the city to handle but that's all economic development yeah. that drives one the hotel revenue people sitting in sitting in restaurants eating food drinking bar going to the mall all the things that that that, that trickle down from that buying gas getting a haircut whatever those things are that those people are doing to this utilizing the city so when you take the look at the impact of that and what that means to the community it's a big deal it's a big deal to jobs and it's a big deal to to the to the top line revenue of the city so yep. when mike brings that event into the thing and the 26 or 30 events that the sports center does it, it's all part of the engine that drives economic development and it's bodies, and sometimes traffic's a problem, but it's good stuff. So it's all about about that, and it supports the the the, the, the community. You know, statistically, we have about two to three million people coming each year wow. to the you know New England Sports Center. So if you go back to roughly through three decades, you're looking at 60 million people. Yeah. So you know who not just coming to play hockey tournaments, you know who coming to eat, go out to restaurants you know, go uh, and shopping, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's a, it's a huge, huge impact. That's why everyone knows Marlboro, well, the yeah. center of the universe, right? Uh, uh, when I was talking <laughs> with some of the Bruins players, they actually said to me, they said, uh, oh, we know the sports center. And they actually said, you'd be very hard pressed to find a pro hockey player who hasn't gone through Marlboro at some point in their career, wow. mostly through, probably through juniors tournaments sure. or something like that. But very, uh, he's like, you'd be very hard pressed to find a pro who didn't go through there at some point in his career with the ultimate tournaments or something. That's kind of cool. Yeah, right? that's he actually. Yeah, boy, cool. that's an interesting point. Yeah, I, I mean, imagine that's true. You, all the amount of juniors and stuff that end up going pro, and you know, and then you had to talk about some of the players or. They go pro and then they come back and they're coaching a team later or something. But right. they said it's almost hard pressed to find a hockey player, certainly in New England, but even in the country, you know, the reach of it that doesn't know where Marlboro is on the map yeah. in Massachusetts yeah. because they've been here. It's amazing. You know? Okay, so I'm going to agree with one thing there. Yeah. Marlboro is, in fact, the center of the universe. <laughs> And I'm gonna I'm gonna say, hey, I'm glad when I'm wrong. When it's two to three million visitors a year, yeah. not a million, I'm gonna go with that step yeah. from now on. So that's, that's phenomenal. Awesome. Yeah. So thank you to that team. It's a great question. Hospitality is a is a part of what we do. There's a lot there. If anybody wants to learn more about that, we we love to talk about it. Call Lindsay. She's got a lot of cool things going on. But our Visit Marlboro website is also a great resource of information for all things hospitality related. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna go to the next topic let's hear it what do we got one of my favorites is the toolbox so what we mentioned the medc toolbox a lot yeah. so what is it who benefits from it who might qualify do we have any stories that um, that you want to share yeah the toolbox is near and dear to my heart it's something that we started in 2016 time frame um, it was actually the first project i worked on when i came to medc so when we came in 
kind of the problem at hand that we had was, okay, we're, we're really good at attracting large companies to Marlboro at the time, you know, Boston Scientific had just come in, Quest Diagnostics, GE Healthcare, and we were using what's called the TIF program mm-hmm. to attract these companies to come in. I'm sure we're going to get into TIFs in a little while as well, but yeah. the thought was, okay, that's phenomenal. We've got all these big fish that are coming in. Yeah. We did not at that time have a lot of larger blocks of space that were were available in the city. So it was like mid-sized blocks of space, smaller blocks of space. Yeah. And Tim Cummings at the time kind of said to me, he, he challenged me with come up with some sort of programs that are, whether they're similar to the TIF program or something different, that can help incentivize some of those smaller to mid-sized companies that don't necessarily qualify for the TIF. Because at the time, the TIF was really our only tool that we had in our toolbox in terms of an incentive outside of expedited permitting, business-friendly community, which are all phenomenal things that we use to attract companies to come to Marlboro. But we didn't have anything concrete in terms of programming that we could offer. So we came up with the toolbox. It's been a phenomenal program. It's really grown. It's, It's done incredible things for small business in Marlboro. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the the recent recipients, uh, Borough Burrito over on the east side of the city, we were able to help them with a grant to get up and running. Um, one of the the famous gems of Marlboro, Lost Shoe Brewing and Roasting Company. Phenomenal. But we yeah. were able to help them uh, actually purchase the coffee roaster with yeah. some grant funds. We helped them with some rental assistance for a couple of months after they got up and running. Um, you know, so it's just a program that's really, really great. For small local business folks, entrepreneurs that are looking to get up and running, um, it's a grant. Most of them are grant programs. We do also have a loan program, which is separate from the toolbox, but they all kind of mesh together at a certain point. Um, but they're they're reimbursement grants. And so there are four programs in the toolbox right mm-hmm. now. We have a rental assistance program, a storefront beautification program. Um, we have the amenities program. That's the one that the uh, Lost Shoe Brewing, uh, those folks took advantage of. And then also just called the Small Business Incentive Program, which is structured very similar to the TIF, uh, but it's for smaller companies that don't trigger that assessment change. Yeah. So is that a good segue? That's, Do we want to talk about TIFs? I know we had a couple of questions about TIFs, but... Yeah, we did have a couple of questions about <laughs> TIFs. Hold on, hold on. I cut myself off. You so sure did. Before before we move on, <laughs> to date, so from 2016 to today, we have given out just over $400,000 in grant money to small business, um, to small businesses in Marlboro. That's that we're amazing. looking to locate here or expand here. And that's over how many years? Since 2016. I wow. can't do that quick. Yeah. What is no, that? it's tough. Seven yeah, years? Tough, yeah. Six years? Seven years? That's incredible. So my perception when I first came in with the MEDC, just as someone that worked in the school system, I didn't know much about what you all did, what we we all did. So it was so good to learn that there are so many programs, whether you're whether you're blasting it out on social media or not, but you're we're doing so much to support local small business owners. It's dancing. Dancing uh, Orchid was another one. Oh, yes. Two years ago, I think, but we were able to help Patricia um, with a grant to move her from Hosmer Street to downtown yeah. for more foot traffic. And she has been a phenomenal addition. Um, one of the most recent awesome. ones was um, we gave a grant to Wemmy, Wemmy and Welly from Wellies, which will now be Wemmy and Welly from Wellies and Wemmies <laughs> <laughs> because they're opening <laughs> Wemmies Kitchen and Lounge in the old fish space. Uh, but we we're able to help incent- you know, help incentivize that project to move forward. Yeah. You know, that was a really important one to to us and to the city because there's been a lot of restaurant movement lately. And in the fish restaurant, you know, closing at the end of last year, we were really paying attention to that spot, right. really trying to help the right user come in and make sure that there is still a really nice restaurant um, of that caliber downtown. Yeah. So that was That's awesome. One. Yeah. That's very exciting. Yeah. All right. So 
You mentioned tips. Tips. Do we want to go there? I think we need to yeah. because um, I, let me see what specific question. Um, can we talk about tips? Why are they good for the city? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's something that people look at tax breaks, businesses. Yeah. What's going on? Why why should we be excited about that? Yeah, I know I know that we do have um, like a four minute video that we're, that we're going to want to share. Do you want to say anything before that? Yeah, I mean, okay. and it, so and it's a relevant topic. So just this week, the city council, the finance, uh, they they heard an, a proposal for a tip for a little company named Moderna. So yeah, a little company named Moderna. I'm not and, sure. I've never heard of them. Oh, yeah, something rings maybe. a bell. But so that it's an important tool. Yeah. And it's often a tool that people don't necessarily always understand all the mechanics of it either. Mm. So it's a tool that's available to businesses that are coming in to communities in Massachusetts or expanding in Massachusetts. I, it is a, important to make the distinction. It's not available to residents. Mm. It's not available for resident expansions or things like that. It's only available to businesses that are coming into the city. It's a state program. Yeah. So we, it's not a city program. It's a state program. It's through the EDIP, Mass Office of Business Development. So what it is, is if a company is coming in and they're, they're investing into a space and they're putting in a significant amount of money that's going to change the assessed value of the property, yep. they're able to get a savings on that improved value over a certain number of years. The city does not ever lose a dollar mm -hmm. because if they didn't come in, we would continue to collect money on that base amount of money for however many years that it is. Right. With the, com with the company coming in, the value of the property goes up. And so at the end of the TIF, mm -hmm. we will collect this amount of money up here. They're receiving a savings on that improved value, which if they never came, we would never see that improved that's value. That's right. You is that No, that's right. That's good. <laughs> I I know what we're about to share. So I'm like You want me to stop? Well I'll stop. I'm just saying Roll the clip. Our fa our favorite guest, Roll our the biggest clip. fan, definitely Said it pretty good himself. I mean Yeah, go for it. Roll All right, the clip. Here we go. I think people sometimes don't understand the mechanics of a TIF and we're constantly battling this, you know, is it on the, all the taxes that come in? Why are they getting a tax break? Why aren't they paying any taxes? We're going to take BJ's as the example. That's the one that everybody's been okay. talking about. So BJ's is coming in. They're putting in an estimated $36 million into the campus, which is an existing building in Marlboro, bringing 800 on-site jobs, actually going to be more like 1,100 jobs, you know, from day to day. Mm. Those people are going to be eating at our restaurants, shopping in our, our places, staying at our hotels. They're going to be simulating our economy. Out of that $36 million that they're investing in the property, the $8 million garage is the only piece of the project that is increasing the assessed value. And the assessed value increment is only $1.8 million. So the savings that they're receiving, the TIF is only on that $1.8 million. That is correct. What is the benefits of that and how do we make sure that people understand how it actually works? I guess that's the most common question I get asked right. is, you know, why are you giving some outside company a TIF? You know, I'm a homeowner, I want to put in a garage on, why can't I get a TIF? Right. So, so the, the simple though not popular answer is the legislature has set it up as a business attraction tool, tool mm -hmm. not a you know, go upgrade your home, you know, it, it just doesn't do it. Of course, not a popular answer. Right. All right. But, but the but, reality. But, but the reality is it's only available to businesses that come to cities and towns. So, so you know, over the course of time, what have we had? Maybe 30, 40 TIFs, mm -hmm. I think. I mean, only maybe 10 are active right, right. now. Um, they've served the city extremely well. Right. Uh, I mean, the, the, 
again, the trade-off for the city is the relief in some of the future taxes on the new growth part right. is offset. Do we see it's offset by the improvements to the facility, the people that come into this, and how many jobs are you bringing in? Right. You know, and, and do we see that we're going to get return on that investment or that tax relief over that period of time? And unequivocally, the answer has been yes. yes. I mean, the city has done extremely well. The city wants to get jobs yep. because the jobs now feed hotels, restaurants, small businesses in the community, right. gas stations, bar, you, you pick it. The people coming in now support that. And then the, the exchange is we're going to give a tax relief to the new portion. New so that portion. $1.8 million garage. So for those of you out there with a calculator, that's a $44,000 right. a year tax bill on the garage. We're going to give some percentage of that right. over 20 years relief. Right. All right? So, so you ask yourself, is the trade-off to bring 800 people into the city of Marlboro and then it's a corp- remember corporate headquarters means everybody's going to fly into Marlboro, stay at our hotels, eat in our restaurants, use our our local uh, businesses right. throughout the Services. throughout the city, yep. and ask yourself: Is that a fair trade-off that we would receive a return on our investment? Right. Unequivocally, yes. Well, and also the they're paying permit fees. I mean, there's oh, so many things, oh, right? Okay. So, so okay. So so now so in addition to the eight million dollar garage. They're, pay, they're upgrading their facility, they're paying a $25 million upgrade to the facility, facility that they're moving into. That comes out to somewhere over $300,000 in fees. In fees. Right. Remember, get back to that equation. You know, your local receipts plus right. the state money plus the taxes equal the budget or the local receipts, one of those is building fees, fees. right? So you're getting the building fees portion in. Right. We'll continue to get the taxes that the facility currently pays that does not change this is tax money that we don't have we never had right. it well so, and i think that's what people do. so yeah the you're gonna continue to get the same amount all along whether they come or they don't come yep. if they do come into the community the the taxes increase and then at right. the end of the tiff you're gonna get the full value it, it, if they never came you would continue to get that base level so let, let's play this out and assume bj's for some reason pulls out in two years yeah don't want them to i want to hear for 20 i want to hear for 40 years right right I right mean, but just say, for example, they leave. So they've spent $8 million on a parking garage. Mm-hmm. They now leave. Mm-hmm. TIF goes away. Yep. That parking garage now gets assessed at its full $44,000 value and people, They're going to pay it. Forever. Yeah, that's right? being paid. It, it, just, it just it goes on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. It's, and it's yeah. complicated, but it's not at the same time. And it's, I think it's important to just try and educate people about what it means because it when you read the headlines, sometimes it can be a little scary, but yeah. it's a really good tool. It's a really good tool. So, you know, Moderna, you know, we're happy to say that Moderna is, is coming to Marlboro and, and, you know, they're going to invest about $350 million into the facility on Hayes Memorial Drive. Wow. Bring with them 200, probably more like 250 uh, jobs. And, and that's all net benefit to Marlboro. Yeah. So the TIF program is an interesting one and would be happy to answer any questions that people have about it. One thing I did want to touch on too, though, um, it's just important for people to know that we do monitor compliance of the TIF. So, you know, there are things in the TIF agreement that the company has to um, stick to. It's the the job numbers. They have to make sure that they meet their job numbers. Um, They have to meet their level of investment. There's different things. And if they don't 
meet those the criteria that they agreed to. We have provisions in the TIF where it's prorated or mm-hmm. there's a clawback. And if they move before the end of the duration, they have to pay the money back. Yeah. So there's a lot of protections in the agreements to help um, you know, protect the city, yeah. make sure that it's a good thing for the city. But it's a great thing to offer. It's a great incentive for Absolutely. these bigger businesses. Absolutely. It's great for everyone. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. All right. So we're going to jump to a few questions that uh, were commented on Facebook. So we threw out a post saying, ask us anything related to economic development. And so we've got a few people that um, we wanted to make sure we answered your questions. All right. So We've got a question from Danielle Elizabeth. Does Marlboro have anything going into place to increase sustainability in town um, and or in local businesses? It's a great question. I mean, so that's something I think a lot of, you know, just people in our generation, I mean, people are interested in that that conversation, right? Um, You know, certainly at the both the site plan um, level and the council level, we're we're talking about these types of things all the time. You know, you've got Priscilla Ryder from the Conservation Commission that's talking to companies when they come in about green space and different things that they can do. The council in particular, shout out to Councilor Doucette and Wagner, who are both really passionate about this conversation in particular. Um, You know, talking to companies about what they can do to um, lower their usage of fossil fuels and whether they can go electric in different ways. And so these are all conversations that we're having when it comes to special permits or companies that are coming in trying to encourage them to be as green as possible. Yeah. Um, we do follow the stretch code in Marlboro. So that was adopted in 2012. We were one of the early adopters of that. So that's all to do with building codes and fun things like that. But it really tries to push the limits on uh, making sure that we are being uh, green and yeah. energy efficient. I did do a little bit of research on this, though, because okay. the city, when the mayor put out his uh, press release about things that he's done in his administration, there were some unique, cool things that the city has done that I really wanted to touch on because yeah. this was a cool question, but I'm going to be reading. So okay. forgive me. Um, but so he, he is saying recently purchased 33 acres of conservation land near Callahan State Park, which is really cool. Um, there's over 10,000 new LED fixtures at numerous schools and city buildings. Mm-hmm. The public library is going to include LED fixtures as well. Um, the solar rooftops on top of the schools. Yeah. That's really kind of a cool thing. Uh, we have EV charging stations all around the city. Um, the city has a free mattress pickup program. So that's really helping. There's the textile program that just went into place as well. That's a pilot program. Uh, but then this one's my favorite. But using, I don't know what she's going to say. <laughs> using goats to remove oh. poison ivy and bittersweet around our fields and walking trails. Yeah. That was one of my favorite things that the city of Marlboro has ever done. First, because it was just hysterical, but also just really creative yeah. and unique. And I, I think that's what I love about Marlboro the most is that we just do things. We try things. Yeah. And even if we're the first ones to do it, give it a shot and see how it goes. And it really worked. Yeah, it did. It really worked. We talk, we have a monthly city uh, communications meeting with all of the social media managers mm-hmm. and some of the communications coordinators in the different departments in Marlboro once a month. And we, when we talk about like which posts are, you know, really helpful or reaching our residents. The goats. The goats win. Yeah. The goats always win. I know. Yeah. So All thank right. you for that question, Danielle. That was thank a great one. Thank you. All right. We've got another question here from Brianna. Um, what is the MEDC doing to bring more top life science companies to the area and creating local jobs on a large scale in the suburbs? That's awesome. Thanks for the question, Brianna. And again, Moderna just decided to come to Marlboro. That's a pretty top name life science company. And this is brand new news. This is brand new news. This just happened this week. Yeah. Um, no, but so we, we have really tried over the last 
8, 10, 12 years to market Marlboro as a life science biotech hub, a business-friendly community, a place where you can find the employees that you need for these types of, of businesses, and, and you're able to thrive here. You can find what you need. We have yeah. infrastructure. We have you know water, sewer, all these different things. We're able to sell that story. And you know, I think actually President Rossing said it the best the other night at the finance meeting that you know, Moderna, a company like Moderna, knocking at the door to come into Marlboro, saying that the reason they chose Marlboro is because we're business friendly and we have access and we have people and we have yeah. all these things. That's exactly what we've been working towards. Yeah. You know, so that was, it's been a good week. We were really excited about that one. But, you know, Moderna will, will join a list of really well-known companies, Cytiva, formerly GE Healthcare, Quest yeah. Diagnostics. You know, you've got Candela, Replogen, you know, the list goes on. So, no, I mean, all kinds of folks that are here in Marlboro mm -hmm. doing what they do. And I think the really, you know, great part about that during the pandemic, at least, was they never went home. Mm -hmm. They were all still coming to work, you know, they were doing their thing. And that's really good. And, and also from a personal property perspective, you know, we collect a lot of tax revenue from the lab equipment, all yeah. the different things. So, you know, that's been a really good industry for us to focus on. And, and we will continue to use things like the TIF program. And again, expedited permitting and being able to be business friendly to help attract those companies tomorrow. Yeah. But they all want to be together. Yeah. So continuing That's to funny. bring them into the community to to create a little mini hub, you know, is is exactly what we're trying to do. And and it's been working over the last several yeah. years. So we want to keep that up. Absolutely. All right. We've got a few more questions. We've got a question from Jacqueline Kelly. How is Marlboro planning to address high cost of housing, both buying and renting? And similarly, how is the lack of available housing being addressed? This is Potentially a tough question, right? It is a tough question. Yeah. Um, but it's a very topical question. It's yeah. a question. It's a topic that people are talking about, um, you know, at the local levels, at the national level. It's, it's, it's Every topic. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I am not a housing expert. So I'm going to put that out there first and foremost. But I can say that Marlboro is having this conversation right now. Yeah. Um, it's my, both at the council level, the mayoral level, they're all talking about it. But it's my understanding that it's, it's a bigger problem than what people realize. Mm. So there, there are some issues in terms of the way DHCD looks at both the lottery system, the voucher system, what you and I would consider affordable housing is not the way it's defined. It's not really affordable. Mm. So it's an interesting conversation to have. We certainly are trying to address it in terms of our MBTA zoning, 3A, you know, putting into things like that. And the council is talking about it right now. We are above our 10%. Um, but we are adding housing in Marlboro. There, there's been a lot of units that have been added over the last several years. So um, I would say Marlboro is doing our part, you know, yeah. and it's definitely a conversation that's ongoing. And um, I'll leave it at that. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, and we've got a question from Andrea. I heard that there will be a pop-up shops downtown this summer, and I'd love to update on the paving downtown, I'd love to learn more about both of those projects. Yeah, so the pop-ups, we are so excited about the <laughs> pop-up shops. Um, if you've been to downtown recently, there are these really cool sheds that are in between Chin's Garden, uh, Crown Fried Chicken, in that area right there. Yep. Um, we got a grant from the 495 Partnership, uh, Metro West Partnership, to do what we're calling temporary retail space for folks that vendors that you would see, you know, primarily at like a farmer's market or at our food truck festival, those types of folks, jewelry makers, candle makers, yeah. any type of small retailers that you might see on Etsy or things like that, that would like to be downtown, 
but can't find space downtown. Mm-hmm. So we have created space downtown for them. The The pop-up sheds are really cool. They, they've got some really amazing um, artwork on the back. Shout out to, to Brian Life. He, he is an artist that came out to help us really bring life to the area. Yeah. Um, but they're cool. They're, they're also free. Yeah. For folks to come and use, there is a deposit that you have to put down, but we, we will be keeping the sheds open um, th- tomorrow. Tomorrow is the launch date That's where exciting. they'll be open from in the beginning of May until the end of September. And um, it's a great way for people to like, <coughs> if they're dipping their toes and they're trying to figure out like, do I want to really lean into right. owning my own business or not? Like this is. It's a great opportunity. Like I can't even say low stakes. It's just. It's awesome. Reach out to us. Yeah. There's a cash deposit only just to make sure that we don't double book or anything yep and just to make sure that um, nothing happens to the space Absolutely. You know, they, they have electricity inside of them um they lock they're they're really kind of cool there's going to yeah. be space for you to put up your things it's really kind of show up on thursday make sure you're open the specific hours that we have sell your goods all weekend long if yep. you want to stay for the week you want to rent them out for a month you know the the options are are kind of endless with this project. So we're we're still looking for folks to fill out the calendar for the next couple of months. Um, but it's really kind of a cool project. That's awesome. Yeah, that's very exciting. Meredith, we've how how does time go by so quickly? It just disappears. It does it just disappears. Is there anything else that you want to talk about? I mean, we've got. Um, there was one question. A lot of there was one ahead. question that I remember being su- submitted. Yeah. that I just thought was really kind of a cool stat was how many jobs have been created since I started at MEDC. Yes, hold on, let me pull that up. Yep, that was a good one. Uh-huh. Um, so how many jobs were created here in Marlboro over the past year? Over the past year, the number was five hundred. So that was twenty 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 two. Yeah. Um, but so I did some tallying of the numbers, and I came in in twenty fifteen. So starting from twenty sixteen to twenty twenty two, we've created just over 4,000 jobs. That's amazing. Which is incredible, which is incredible. Um, You know, those are jobs that are available to Marlboro residents. And, you know, a lot of the work we do with the school to business of trying to make sure that the students in the community, the folks that they know these jobs are available to them. And there's so many different types of jobs. And I just think that that's a really cool thing to think about when you're talking about companies coming in and um, the work that we do here at MEDC. And the the pressure that existed when you and I were in our senior year of high school, probably probably the same year, right? A long time ago. (laughs) Definitely not older. Um, But there was a lot of pressure at that time. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the question wasn't, are you going to college? It was, where are you going 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 to college? college? And um, pandemic or no pandemic, I think that the times are just shifting. Yeah. So there are a lot of people like I had a gap year before it was cool to have a gap year. And now a lot of students are doing and that. graduates are understanding that, you know what, before I make this financial decision to take out loans, before I decide to pick up and pay tuition, out of state tuition, like they're evaluating how they want to spend their money. They're right. realizing through You're smarter maybe, than I was. Yeah. Well, th- just the fact that there's so much information accessible to all of us, right. right? You can, you can go online and find answers to almost anything. So people are understanding, wow, those loans are not just ah, something money right. you get they for follow free. you forever. Exactly. So I think that <laughs> right. I think that this next generation is really understanding that and wanting to make sure. So giving them options and clear visions to right. if they're going to stay here, there are so many, so many opportunities. Well, I think it's great. And, and again, to go back to, again, Moderna. So that was a big conversation on the floor on, on Monday. I think it was Monday night, Monday night when we had the conversation. But you had the the senior vice president of manufacturing of Moderna making himself 
available in the future to students of Marlboro that want to learn from him and learn about what they do. And yeah. you know, he pretty he said, you know, I, I would be I would love to come and talk to the students and let them know what kind of opportunities are available and also what you need to do to qualify for those yeah. types of jobs, which I think is something that I didn't know that back back in the sure. day, right? I mean, you'd sit down. It was like, what do you? Okay, I'll be an English major. Cause you just didn't know what the yeah. career paths were. And we're doing a lot more these days to try and educate students on what are the career paths, what's the job at the end of the path, and how do you get there? Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, and I love to. I mean, working for Marlboro Public Schools, it it always gets me excited when companies are willing to do that real life conversation right. and how much work the MEDC has been able to do and all of these um, events that you're able to facilitate by being a different organization. And so I, it's, it's always exciting to me to see these opportunities and education and communication um, for these young adults that maybe don't know exactly what their next steps are, but they, they need this information. And right. it's, it's huge. The it's school cool. to business outreach has been really impressive to me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, what? I forgot to mention something. What? <laughs> sorry. All right. So you make me nervous. Jill. I'm sorry. I do. <laughs> so I, Meredith doesn't like surprises, but you know, I just have to do this little shout out. We've, I don't know if you can see the words on here. It says, Oh, there is power 50. Who's that beautiful lady? Meredith, Thanks, Jill. Can you tell us about this article? <laughs> we don't have time to read it all, but tell no. us about this Power 50 and congratulations. Thank you. Paris. Yeah. Thank you. No, so Worcester Business Journal, I was named a one of Power 50, uh, top 50 people this year of influential folks in the, in the central mass economy. So that was a great honor. I appreciate Worcester Business Journal naming me that. But I will just say this about it. You're only as good as the team you have behind you. So... Thank you to all of my team and the folks that are at MEDC to help us get these kind of things. Yeah, so it's, a awesome. it's a great, it's a great award. It's a great award. <laughs> so. so exciting. I saw Thanks the article you. online and, you know, we got to laminate this, put it in a frame, well, you know, something. This is a big deal. Thank you. And you know what's really cool? It was not the only Marlboro person to be on that list. We actually had three other female leaders in Marlboro that were also on the list. Natalie Friel from Resilience, Larissa Thurston from St. Mary's, who's also a board member of ours, and then also Shruti from DCU. So it was a, a awesome. stacked list of Marlboro female leaders. So that was really exciting. So thank you, Jill. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Awesome. You're welcome. All right. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's all we've got for today. If anybody, if we've sparked any additional comments or questions or things you want to hear about, we're always all ears and uh, you can... Write us an email, give us a call, or find us at www.malboroedc.com. Follow us on, on social right. media at malboroedc.com. That's awesome. So thank you so much. We appreciate you. Happy Wednesday to everybody that's watching. And we will see you next month for episode 35. All right. Have a great day.